I'm Agnes Kurtzels. I'm Whitney Winter. And my name is Claire Horning. Welcome to the Ag Knowledge Podcast. Welcome back to the Ag Knowledge Podcast. This week, I spoke with the FFA advisor, Tony Rasmussen, at Wayne Public High School during her livestock management class. A little bit about her experience with FFA and how her chapter runs. So I'm Tony Rasmussen. I'm the Wayne Ag Educator and FFA Advisor, and I've been here since 2017 when it was a brand new program. So how have you kind of grown the program? Yeah, well, I have to attribute it to the community. They've been very supportive since day one, and actually when I interviewed, they said, you're going to have a really supportive community, and I thought, okay, every school says that, you know, but it's been absolutely supportive since day one, and we still have people reaching out to us, um, both financially and provide stuff for FFA week or anything like that. And then also, I have to credit to the kids because they're able to talk to each other and talk about the good things they learn in class and the fun that they have at FFA and everything like that. So if it wasn't for them talking to each other and spreading word of mouth, um, the school is also extremely supportive from day one and has been great at saying, yeah, like we promote what you're doing and we, you know, support that activity that you guys are doing and the teachers too of getting kids caught up when they're gone and asking them about FFA and everything like that. So then what first got you involved in FFA, and then how did you come to be an advisor? Yeah, so I grew up on a farm, and then I had two older brothers, and so FFA was about the only thing I could do where I could quote-unquote compete with them, because um, they were older than I was, but it was almost the only thing I could do that was similar, and I knew that dad was an FFA, mom had taken some shop classes, but she was, um, before females were allowed, in FFA on a regular basis, and then I took I classes in high school. So what are strengths and weaknesses of your chapter, and how are you kind of managing those? So strengths of the chapter is definitely community support and school support. I think that's helped a lot with the numbers. Uh, we are we're the biggest organization in the school, to my knowledge, with 64 members. So that's more than the football team. I think in general, too, FFA is a good strength because they can pick and choose what they participate in and really customize it. It doesn't have to be they have to do every single thing. And they can choose if they, you know, if they're not really a competitive person, there's conferences they can go to. Uh, a weakness, I guess I think, is competitiveness, is because kids are involved in so much. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get them in for practice. It's hard to get them in to... The schedules are yeah. just so hard to navigate. Um, what are some goals for the group as the advisor? Sure. So we talk about these every time we go somewhere. Um, I say, who do you represent? You represent FFA as a whole. You represent the school, mm-hmm. you represent the chapter. So that's a big goal, is that they represent well and that they're respectful, they learn something, have fun, and do their best. That's a goal no matter what. Um, then, of course, you know, the end goal is getting kids into ag groups. However, I know not every kid goes in that, so if there's an ag appreciation there, perfect. That's, that's what we can ask for, too. Um, so do you have any stories or favorite moments that you'd like to share, either like at competitions or at, in Lincoln, at State, anything like that? Absolutely. Um, I guess one of the first memories that was like, wow, this is cool, was the first meeting of the second year. So our first year, we had 30 kids, which I was... That's pretty impressive <laughs> yeah, for our first year. That's awesome. And we had a bigger school, so that was pretty good. You know, that's about half of a class grade, no problem. Um, the first meeting of the second year... There's at least 50 of them that showed up. It just was cool to see it grow from that much. And I truly believe it was quality. You know, the numbers are great to see. But it was kids that really wanted to be an FFA and really wanted to learn more about ag and leadership. So that was a good memory. Um, also, every year the freshmen get their jackets. 
it's cool to just see them go. You know, they kind of obviously go, gosh, these things are stiff. They yeah, they, <laughs> when you're not used to it and you first put on, you're like, oh, my gosh. Especially if it's, like, a little bit too big. I was always in too big of jackets, and I was always like, hurt, hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was uh, just fun to watch them go like that and then realize, like, oh, cool, now I'm a part of something. You know, this is something that's really cool. Um, we also, like, we have a lot of fun in class. The kids come down here and they can talk and laugh and joke around. And we learn time and place. Like, Okay, and then um, I'll get random emails from kids too on seems like it's always a weekend. It's just funny of like, hey, how do I join up today? And just a random email like that. And I think that's cool because obviously kids are talking and they're talking about it and the things that they do. And I, you know, obviously social media promotes a lot too, and the parents get involved that way. So those are just cool memories and the community, of course, reaching out and always being willing to help out. So that's good memories. Uh, and then do you think um, ag education just in general is important? Because I know out in rural Nebraska, it's a really big part of the curriculum, but in bigger cities, more urban areas, it's almost not even a part of the curriculum or considered. So do you think that it, that should be expanded so more people are able to learn about it? Huge. Um, so truly, yeah, I think every person should go through an ag literacy class, which is why I'm so glad that we have the eighth graders coming for the program. And I get to see all the eighth graders. Because so. even a little bit is better than none at all. Absolutely. It just makes sense. Um, so what do students gain from their participation in the chapter? Yeah, I think um, they get to explore careers and some opportunities. They also get a lot of personal growth. So they're able to see things that they can do that they haven't been given the opportunity to before. Going to state in Lincoln, how, how do your students react to that? Like, are, Do they have a lot of fun like seeing a new place? So this is probably my favorite part of students is when I take kids down there, call them to contest and stuff like that. But when they go to sessions and workshops and go out to eat and stuff, they are in their own. And so I think that helps a lot with responsibility. They learn where they need to be and what time to make sure they get to places like contests on time, which is a huge part of just being aware of your surroundings and aware of what's going on. And so that is an experience that you can't replace virtually. Um, the good part about virtual is that we're able to have more kids participate. You know, you can have more than four take the farm business management test or more than eight involved in that science. So there is something to it. I would say another good thing about participating in state in person is you get all of the chapters from all over. And like you were talking about earlier, there's even the minute cultural differences between like northern and southern Nebraska are huge. So it's really cool to be able to see those kids come together like that. It is. It's cool. And see them, I think, see us as advisors to just talk to lots of different people um, and realize like, oh man, when you have experiences, like you gain connections and you gain friends and you gain a network. Are you in contact with other advisors to kind of come up with new ideas for your chapter and fundraisers and FFA week and all that good stuff? Absolutely. I talk to you probably at least five different advisors a day, and some days way more than that. Um, not only on the classroom side, but also on the personal side. And so, yeah, we've shared a lot of, hey, what are you doing for FFA week? Or this is what we usually do. Um. So how are you kind of keeping students motivated during the pandemic, both like just in regular class and also to keep, continue their participation in FFA? Um, so in class, we've, we've done some more labs. So for example, this afternoon, we're going to dissect the heart and well, you know, ag and that it's still a hands-on activity, even though we might not be able to take that and go somewhere, you know. 
So it's uh, it's it's good in a lot yeah, of different ways. It's also challenging, obviously, in a lot of different ways. FFA to keep them motivated, autonomy weekly. You know, the offices are pretty good at keeping kids involved in stuff and making sure that they um, know what's going on. And then just promoting, like, hey, we're still doing this. We're still doing this. And informing them in class and outside of class of what's going on. But thank you, Ms. Rasmussen, for taking time out of your class period to speak with us and allowing us to talk a little bit with your students. We had a lot of fun, and I hope you guys did, too. So on the topic of FFA, uh, this week is FFA week. Um, Happy National FFA week, everyone. Uh, for those listening, today is uh, Monday, February 22nd, and that's the start of National FFA week. Um, so I guess FFA week is just a week for FFA chapters across the entire United States, including several um, U.S. territories. And uh, this week is just a week for us to uh, celebrate uh, being in FFA or even being FFA alumni, which um, all three of us have been in FFA before. It's also a week that FFA gets to kind of reach out to other students and maybe do a little bit of recruiting and also reach out to the communities to say thank you for their support of the FFA chapters and then ask for more support because we always need support. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll start. Our FFA in Laurel Concord College, our FFA chapter during FFA week, usually on Mondays or the beginning of the week, uh, we would host breakfast for the staff at the schools. Uh, I say schools because uh, Corridge and Laurel is split uh, into two schools, like a middle school and then a high school and elementary is together. Like our FFA members would make um, like breakfast foods, so like an egg bake or cinnamon rolls or muffins or whatever, and then we'd take them to the schools for the teachers to enjoy. And, you know, we'd be dressed in our um, official dress with our blue corduroys and black jeans or uh, skirts. So it was always fun. And then usually at the end of the week, we'd have like a drive your uh, tractor to school day, which was always fun. We had to cancel it a couple times just because weather in Nebraska in February is unpredictable. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we had drive your tractor to school day. It was also on a Friday at Sutton Public is where I graduated from. But we had our potluck at the end of the week. It would have been on Friday morning. And so all the members would eat before school, and we'd have our uh, monthly meeting. And then the rest would, uh, the food that we didn't eat, we'd give to the staff members so that they would see that, you know, they're not forgotten. Everyone likes free food, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We also gave out donuts to uh, the supporting community businesses, so the chapter officers would go out one of the days of the National FFA week and hand out free donuts to them. I know my school, like, during the week, we would also do, like, like, we would hide emblem stickers and then anybody, if they found one, they would go to the FFA advisor or ag teacher and then, like, turn it in for a piece of candy or something. Yeah, we did that too. That was Monday, so that was like, oh, let's have some fun, start out the week light and fun. We'd give, like, free... Uh, chapter merchandise or candy or you know ice cream or you know something like that just small for appreciation that people took the time out of their you know school day and look for our FFA emblem we also did um, like member appreciation day where we wore our chapter t-shirts and then recently in the last like oh I want to say three to four years with my past uh, advisor. 
we did an obstacle course during our homeroom. So we had the entire high school, Sutton Public is like elementary, high school, middle school all together. Um, so we'd have the high school and middle school come together for homeroom. And they'd sit in the bleachers and then we'd have uh, teams go through this farm themed obstacle course and it was just it was hilarious to watch because <laughs> you'd see this you know your quarterback football player on this like little bouncy ball going through a haystack <laughs> or having to jump over something it, it's hilarious to watch yeah but we also did uh we we would always have like um days that you would dress up like one day would be like dress as a farmer mm-hmm. or like western style and then one would be like wear your ffa shirt wear official dress i think one time we did like hunting gear like wear your orange vest or whatever yeah we did blue and gold for one day too it was always fun to get like the entire school to participate yeah at my school i don't know how you guys remember which days were what (laughs) i cannot tell you what days were what but i know we also had an official dress day we had a day where um they would hand out ice cream, like ice cream sandwiches at lunch to all the mm-hmm. students at the high school. Um, we also had, obviously, drive your tractor to school day. That was really popular. Yep. And then we always did a petting zoo during FFA week. Um, so the elementary kids would bus up to the high school and members of the high school FFA would bring, like, their goats and kittens and horses and whatever else they wanted to bring so the kids could kind of go through the petting zoo and learn about stuff and then they'd have like a little activity in the ag room after while they were going through the different classes so that was kind of fun for them and all of us well I was in band so our band teacher always (laughs) let us sneak down there and go to the petting zoo (laughs) even though we technically were kind of not supposed to but support is support yeah I I know um I think one of the my like most memorable times I guess I was um vice president my senior year and we actually went like um downtown or I guess uptown whatever and we went to um a workshop uh to hand out like food to the public like it we didn't cater or anything we just helped serve it but um we did that during FFA week like all of the officers went out into the public and like did a public service because that's what FFA is kind of about. It's about, you know, helping people understand agriculture and learn about agriculture. Uh, A lot of times, um, even like outside of FFA week, um, I know my chapter, like during fair week, we would go and it was a rotation between us and Hardington, which is where the fair is held. We would rotate like every other year. We would do, we would serve ice cream from um, Swans, which uh, I don't know if anybody else knows what that is, but it's a really good frozen food service. Yeah, service? it's the yeah. Swans man. He has a van and he takes you food. <laughs> yeah, he drives out to your house or yeah. in town, whatever. But we would serve um, ice cream or like the other year we would serve hamburgers, hot dogs, grilled food to the public during fair week. So That's awesome. And back to your point that FFA is a place learning and serving, you know, the mission statement is learning to do, doing to learn, earning to live, and living to serve. Mm -hmm. So it's, and that's a really big part of FFA. Like we have all these competitions like CDEs and LDEs, which they were called, when I was still in FFA, it was LSEs. Same. Which was, um, what was it? Learning Learning Services Services Event. Event, yeah. And we would do a lot of like, public speaking 
or a lot of times like ag demonstrations, which the public really couldn't come to, but it was just a good thing to do because a lot of times people in FFA do come from a farming background or plan to go in some type of agriculture field. So it was really interesting to see like all these people, like especially at National FFA, just seeing all of these people wearing the same uniform at the same place at the same time, all sharing a common goal, I guess, with sharing about agriculture, especially working with the public. To your point, though, Agnes, so Miss um, Rasson mentioned to me in her interview, she was talking about how it's so great for students in FFA because while it's still technically a competition, we're all part of one group and all the students get to share their different experiences they have in FFA and kind of relate to each other on one level, but also kind of learn and experience differences between even minor cultural differences between North and South Nebraska or maybe Kansas or, you know, further away. So it's really interesting to see all those kind of different kids from different groups come together through this one organization. Yeah, well, especially like when I said before, like comparing my experiences to your guys' experience, like I'm on the far north side of Nebraska and you guys are on pretty much the west. I'm south central. Or sorry, not west, south. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm directionally challenged. I'm sorry. (laughs) But you guys, your FFA experiences were so different from mine. um, Just because like up here, our districts, like we are all like they try to make it all centrally located. So like I'm competing against three other districts just to like go to state. Whereas I know like some other places, you guys are only competing like against your own district or competing against... um, like districts around you whereas like at you know we would go to um northeast community college for a lot of the competitions because they would host it just because they're a college and have a lot of you know a big area for us to do it yeah ours were always at central community college in columbus where where a lot of our competitions were at ours was also central community college but that was in hastings your guys's districts are pretty close to each other Whereas, like, our district, we had, like, people from, uh, excuse me, from West Nebraska come all the way to Northeast Nebraska to, like, compete in districts. Yeah, just seeing how, like, spread apart the districts are, I guess, because I guess I should go into detail. Nebraska FFA splits their... Um, Competitions. Comp- yeah, well, they split up the area into different districts. And then you have the districts compete against each other or, like, compete within your own district, and then that gets you to go to state FFA. And then at state FFA, you're competing against everybody from the state the, the state that <laughs> qualified to get to state. And then at state, if you win, then you go to national, which is usually in either Indianapolis, sorry, Indianapolis, Indiana, or... Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Kentucky. Thank you. I could not think of the other one. Because when I went to nationals, it was at uh, Indianapolis. I went to both. So, so. lucky. Uh, we were only allowed to go like every other year unless you qualified. Then you could, like, we would go, obviously. But our chapter's pretty small. So, like, our chances of, like, actually getting to nationals was really kind of slim. Unless, you know, someone got, like, an American degree or something. Which, not a lot of people from my school have gotten an American degree. I know one of my classmates did, which is really exciting. And I know uh, Whitney has. Yep, I got mine back in December. Well, it would have been October, but I got it in the mail in December. 
because there was no national FFA uh, that we could walk across the stage and get our degrees, which is a little sad. But mm. back to your point, Agnes. <laughs> but we went, uh, I think, in 2017 into 2018. Like, you know, FFA years are weird to me <laughs> just because... Like, state comes before nationals, but if you're competing at nationals, usually it's, like, a year behind. I don't know. It's weird to me. But, um, yeah, we would – I only got to go once, and you would have to um, supply – not supply your own money, but you would have to fundraise for yourself to go, which it was really difficult because um, during my four years of high school, I went uh, – we had three different advisors – so we were all kind of, you know, transitioning between different advisors and trying to, you know, get our officer teams all together, especially like through sports and everything. It was kind of difficult, but. I would say advisor transitions usually hit pretty hard at most schools just because it's, you're so used to one person or one person has run it really well and then you kind of get thrown in with a new person who has their own system and you kind of want to resist that because you want to stick with what you know but at the same time you want to you know take that new perspective so it's always difficult to have an advisor transition i don't know about you guys but uh sutton public they went through teachers like it was candy <laughs> one year no joke i think we had 15 new teachers in like the high school, middle school, and elementary because we're all connected throughout the entire system. Like, well, yeah, after um, my class graduated, we had a lot of teachers retire and go to different schools just because, you know, um, small schools are great for beginning teachers, but then a lot of teachers don't want to stick with those schools, which, you know, more power to you if you want to, you know go to a bigger school, especially like at Laurel, like we have a pretty small FFA chapter just because our school is small to begin with. So it takes a lot of work for a teacher to, I guess, compete for a student's extracurricular time just because, you know, um, most schools, like a lot of people are in sports and arts and FFA and other, you know, clubs that might not be directly with the school. So it's hard to fight for time within a student's time schedule. For the people that don't know what our our small communities are, can you explain like how many uh, FFA members you had in your town, like compared to oh, like man. mine and Claire's? It's going to be different. Man, you're gonna have to, you're gonna make me think. Uh, when I was a freshman, I think we had that was when we had the most, just because um, we were still like transitioning, like. Like, a lot of our classes, like, at my school, either a lot of the students are, sport, are excuse me, are sports-oriented, and then the other classes are arts, you know, arts enthusiasts, if you will. So it's hard to, like, get a balance between them. But I think the most we've had was probably 40. I'm not sure. I Like, during my freshman year, it was a lot of learning. <laughs> so, I like, I wasn't an officer. But then by my senior year, I think there was probably maybe 20. Just because, again, when you're going through so many advisors, it's hard for even the officers like to keep up enrollment and try to keep people involved. Because like, we had a lot of silent members. like They were you know paid their dues, but they might not come to a meeting all the time. Which is, you know, again, you're competing for quite a bit of time. 
when you make a commitment like that. But yeah, I mean, relatively tiny. <laughs> I think we stood strong about with 30 throughout my uh, middle school and high school years. How about you, Claire? I would say ours was probably close to 30, if okay. not more. We had a solid bus full always, it seemed like. So I would say about 30 at, at about the minimum. I think it's dropped recently because of our new advisor. But, I mean, you can only do so much. You know, I'm sure they'll figure it out and start to get back into it. So Well, and I know now, like our chapter, fin- we finally... I keep saying we, but I'm not in the chapter. Yeah. Um, but what I've heard through the program um, is that they've now got seventh and eighth graders involved. So now they have like a junior FFA involvement, I guess. So then that opens up another door. Like you have younger people being involved in agriculture and being involved in this club that hopefully they'll stay in all six years. Yeah, our school started to do that too. They started to open up meetings to the junior high members so they could get a feel for it before they became members their freshman year. I don't know if it was just my high school, Sutton, but we had our junior high members always involved with meetings and such. Like we even had, uh, during my high school years and such, had a green hand team, which was comprised of like eighth graders and freshmen that were like a miniature chapter team that helped uh, the chapter officers out with whatever they needed or whatever the advisor needed. So I don't know. I think that's I know, another difference. I know quite a few schools around here that like did that. It was just that our school was really hesitant, I okay. guess, yeah. just because like that's a whole different commitment when, you know, our middle school was in a different school. So seventh and eighth grade were not close to the high school. So that would... Like, we would usually have lunch meetings. Like, you'd take your lunch tray and go to yep. the FFA room. And you can't do that when you have 7th and 8th graders in a different school. And, you know, our lunch times don't line up. Ours were always after school meetings. And it was, like, after sports practices. So, we always, like, we always had, like, pizza. And then a lot of our junior members were siblings of people who were in FFA. So, that made it easy for them to get rides and everything. So, that helped as well. I We would try to have them, like, after school. But... Again, most people were either in, you know, basketball, football, or volleyball, you know, sports, or like after school, a lot of times there would be marching band practice, you know, after sports practice. So you would, you're competing for nighttime. I know we fluctuated from uh, before school meetings for the chapter and then uh, like at seven or eight o'clock at night, like after all the sports are done practicing and such. But our chapter officers had their own meetings during lunch hour. Well, it wasn't an hour. It we, was like we would have like separate officer meetings too. Yeah. But yeah, it it's hard to fight for time. I keep saying that. I know I do. It's so it's, true though. Yeah, especially during high school. Like seniors in high school, your time is already being taken up with you know trying to apply for colleges and then doing scholarships and you know college tour. Like if you're doing that whole thing. <laughs> Then you're spending a lot of time split between trying to, you know, keep your grades up, sports, everything. I'm kind of going to pivot topics on you guys. Um, So let's talk about a little bit about how the FFA benefits ag education as a whole and also how it benefits communities. So our community was very supportive of us in the chapter. Uh, We have our alumni. It's very supportive of a chapter and very involved in the community. 
They did a lot of catering for uh, events for businesses, uh, a lot of wedding catering also. I know I think I've been to like two or three weddings where it's been catered by the FFA alumni and it's just so much love and support in my community of Sutton. So I'm glad that I came from a community that loved and supported our FFA chapter. Yeah, like I said, our FFA chapter did quite a bit with the community. Like we would uh, go during the summer during fair week and we would food to um, people and then we would also, um, I know... Laurel has this thing called Ag Days, which is just, I think, it usually goes through the whole week, and then the weekend is, like, the biggest days, which is usually during the summer, like, think in June, July, whatever, doesn't matter, <laughs> but we, like, one year we went there and we did a quilt auction or quilt raffle, one year we did, the alumni did um, Split the Pig, like, they auctioned off mm-hmm. um, pig halves, and then... We did like we went. We would go through the parade, like have a parade float and everything. And then uh, it wasn't until I think my junior senior year that we did a dunk tank, which was so much fun. Especially when you had to sit up there and then you're just getting wet and cold. It, even if it's on the hottest day, it's still cold. That water's cold. But yeah, it was always fun. Yeah, as far as community goes, we would have. Um well, we used to have a big equipment sale where members of the community would come and bid on equipment. And it was a really big auction and a big fundraiser for us. And um, they were also very involved in like our school stuff. And then if like if a member's family or something needed help, needed some extra hands, we were always there to kind of go over there, help them out, support them through hard times, which I think is really important Um, Another thing I think with FFA is just it promotes ag education in general because it kind of branches out from what you would normally learn in the classroom and helps you apply it to different, you know, tests and hands-on experiences that you have in FFA. And it also allows you to explore career opportunities and kind of envision what those would look like in real life. So I think that's also another important thing that comes from participation in FFA is just getting closer with the community, having that community feel, community support, and then also um, just the promotion of ag education in general and being able to find a career and see yourself doing that by exploring all these different um, CDEs and LSEs that you can do. I know we've talked about it before, like our FFA chapter, we would host um, a farm safety week. And during that week, the public would come in and learn about farm safety especially like elementary school kids and middle schoolers and everything like that. But it was also open to the public. So they could come in and be like, oh, hey, this I wouldn't think of as dangerous, but now I know it is, you know, stuff like that, especially like with electricity and stuff. We would have a demonstration outside where we talked about it before, but like you would see them fry a pickle on the electricity current off of um, the power grid and just you know, making people realize that something simple can be, you know, absolutely dangerous. (laughs) Another thing with, like, FFA in education, my chapter went to a lot of different conferences. So, like, we went to P2C, which is Pathways to Careers down in Grand Island, where, like, we split up into a bunch of different groups, and then you could go and talk to business leaders, and you could talk to them about, like, what's it like to work there? What's it like to work in, like, that general... So is it kind of set up as, like, a 
Sorry, I didn't mean to No, sorry. Right. Was it kind of set up as like a job fair then? Kind of. Like the first half of the day, it would be like a career fair. Like you'd go and um, ask companies. But then the second half of the, like this was a two-day, three-day thing almost. Okay. And then like the second half of the day, you would go to like all these different workshops that one workshop was making a business plan. One was like working through finances. There was another that was like a lot of teamwork. Like you had to work on your teamwork with your group that you went with. And then um, now that you're saying that officers were there. Now that you're saying that, I think I went to something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it They had a whole thing. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Like, one night there was, like, a dance that you could go to. It was fun. I remember. a lot of stuff. What I remember, it was, like, a during-the-day thing, and it was, like, one day, and I think it was at a college, and there was, like, different workshops you could go to. So I went to the one about resumes, and I also went to one about, like, food safety. So it was, you had to, like, partner up with someone you didn't know, and we, like, made like a brand of mac and cheese or something like that and like I had to work with the other person she was super nice but I but, remember something like that but yeah it, it wasn't this one this one like it was on the f- state fairgrounds in okay. Grand Island see Claire I think you're talking about edge conference which what we went to in Sutton which is also held in Grand Island um we went to that too edge, okay yeah Yeah. That sounds familiar anyway. Yeah. So it was like a day of like breakout sessions that you learned about things. I think it was geared towards the middle school people. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. But like, yeah, edge conference. That's definitely what I'm thinking of now that you say that. That's definitely what I went to. (laughs) Because we had, there was also with the breakout breakout group, the, a couple of the state officers visited Mm-hmm. and like talk yeah. to us at the end because it was meant for like new members yeah that's why i went to it because it was the yeah. year i was a new member yeah we went i went when i was i think it was only for freshmen or like your junior high like seventh and eighth grade and then you had freshmen or sophomores i think you had to be a sophomore like that was the cutoff i yeah. think yeah. or it was if it was your first year yeah 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 no i remember that now <laughs> Another thing we did was, uh, it was Colt, C-O-L-T, right? Uh-huh, yep. And that was for officers, for chapter officer leadership training. Yeah, I believe I so. I think. I believe so, yeah. But um, if you were an elected a chapter officer, then you could go to this, what was it, like three days? I think so, yeah. I think it was, and you would like meet up with the uh, Nebraska state officer that held um, the same job as you, or like chapter officer position and then you'd spend like the entire day with them and then you would have a lot of like free time afterwards like we played like beach volleyball and then we went um paddle boating like it was a lot of fun do you guys want to explain a little bit more about the different officer positions and kind of how those meetings run because they're very formal and there's a lot of like rules to it and so can you give like a basic (laughs) understanding of kind of the different officer positions and their jobs and just the basic format of meetings so it it's parley pro we follow parliamentary procedure yep which the state government follows by the way yep which almost all u.s governments follow parliamentary procedure so it's very much um or if you were in 4-h you would have followed parley pro uh, during your meetings so I was a Greenhand historian, so I know what that's about, but you said you held a so chapter. I, 
I was a historian for my chapter, and then I was also a vice president. So, okay, obviously you have the president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. Those are, like, the four most knowledgeable mm-hmm. that, like, everybody knows about. And then you have the FFA advisor, yeah. right? Like, she's she's the boss. And then you have the president who his job is basically to run meetings, set up meetings. Or hers. Or hers. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. The FFA advisor <laughs> could also be a he as yes. well. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, our chapter, it was like almost, it, you know. It's, She's envisioning her own chapter <laughs> yes. while explaining this. So. <laughs> yes. Um, so the FFA advisor um, is usually the ag teacher at the school. Sometimes they um, outsource. Or outsource, yeah. And then sometimes there's like um, a junior advisor, which can either be um, someone in the FFA or they can also like, uh, hire out I guess and then the vice president um their job is to basically be involved with the not clubs group committees in the FFA and help like with the committees of like I don't know setting up the farm safety day or setting stuff up during the summer anything like that and then to help with the president then the secretary takes notes during meetings treasurer keeps record of Bank accounts yep. and re- any expenses that the chapter may have. And then this is where it kind of gets different. <laughs> so then you have a reporter. Their job basically is to inform the public about what's going on in the FFA chapter. And like meetings, everything like that. And then the Sentinel, right? Mm-hmm. The Sentinel's job is to welcome FFA members into the meeting. Like they hand out papers, make sure that everybody is involved, and helps the um, advisor do her thing, like, behind the scenes. They're kind of keeping track of attendance. Right. Yeah, they're like a welcoming welcoming committee. Yeah. And then then it starts to, like, break down more. So, like I said, I was a historian, so I did a lot of keeping track of, like, what happened in the history of the chapter. So I would make sure, like, all our notes were in the same place and all of our... um, like awards that we the chapter had won or basically keeping record of what everything the chapter had done that year there's like a scrapbook you're supposed to make right or is that just us yes well we we, i made one we did a video uh end of the year video that we played at our last um meeting meeting like when we had a banquet at the end and with like all of our awards yeah giving the welcoming the new chapter officers and you know retiring everyone else we had that too like a big end of the year event that like we invited businesses to and like had a guest speaker and everything yep anyway sorry back on back on to the officers um then we would have the parliamentarian i'm blanking on they just run the meetings don't they make sure the procedures followed yeah yeah yeah, they would lead they would be like the president in the meeting room Kind of. Like, they would... Okay, their thing would be to have the parliamentarian book and make sure we're following parliamentary rules. Yeah. They're the mediator of the meetings to make sure the procedure is followed. Our chapter didn't have one. We just had (gasps) um, the president. Scandalous. Well, to be fair, (laughs) to be fair, our entire um, officer team had to participate in parliamentary procedure competitions. Yeah, I I did too. too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, 
I think it just happened accidentally that we were all on the officer team because we did have some people that weren't on the officer team participate in that competition. It just happened to be the officer team, which, I mean, works out. You're supposed to know it anyway. I learned Parley Pro through 4-H because I was, like, you know, the president and vice president of my club. So I learned that before I was even in FFA. So I think that helped with... Um, oh, I had no idea what it was. When my FFA teacher was like, you're doing parliamentary procedure, like my freshman year, I'm like, I'm sorry, the what? Oh, Agnes, it's fine. I still don't understand it. <laughs> it's, there's just so many motions. It's and, r- oh. rather complicated. <laughs> it, it kind of is, though. <laughs> Especially when you like, at competition status. Oh, my gosh. That was a nightmare. Especially on, like, the senior team. Oh my gosh, especially if your team just isn't feeling it that day, because you have to like do a lot of commentary with each other. That if they're not synced together on that day, it just... If if you're not synced together, if you can't think of like topic discussions on the topic that they give you, it just, it can go downhill real quick. Yeah, really fast. And uh, especially when like nerves hit you right when you walk in and you're like, I forgot everything I've ever known about parliamentary procedure. (laughs) But, and then we would have a lot of, um, uh, we went to a lot of conferences that Northeast put on. Like, I think we went to an agriculture one. I'm really bad with titles because it was a long time ago. But um, Northeast Community College would host several different, like, agriculture-based things, like farm um, equipment shows and everything. We'd go to there, check out the new equipment that was coming out, you know, everything like that. So the goal of conferences is just basically to kind of get you out there and start your FFA journey and look at the different careers and stuff. And a big part of FFA is gaining degrees and there's different types and there's different levels. So Whitney, since you have an American degree, do you want to explain to us the different levels and how you get the different degrees? Yeah, so uh, you'll start out uh, by applying for your discovery degree. Um, and then you'll go to Green Hand, and then your chapter, then state, and then American, which I have. Which also, to get your Green Hand, you don't have to have the discovery, but to get a chapter or American, you have to have a Green Hand at least. For, and also, you have to, like, certain degrees you can only get at certain levels. So, like, with your Green Hand and chapter, obviously, you can only get in your chapter, and then state you get at the state convention, and then um, the American you get at nationals. And it's also a really hard thing to get your American, and even a little bit less hard, but still pretty difficult to get your chapter degree, or not chapter, sorry, your state state degree, because there's, I know for, I have my state degree, and for that you had to go through an interview process. So what did you have to do to get your American so I had to be, uh, one of the biggest requirements is being one full academic year out of high school, going into something with ag, and then also keeping up with your record books. From my high school to when I was applying for my American degree, they changed the record books and how to uh, en- enter like entries. So me being out of the scene for a year... And then trying to do my record book and keeping it up on top of those changes was complicated and would not recommend. (laughs) (laughs) 
not to say I wouldn't recommend. I would highly encourage anyone that had put in the time to get their, you know, chapter and state degrees to go ahead and get their American degrees. Because it's, I don't know, how can I say this? It's a really proud thing to do. It's such a big accomplishment. It's one of my biggest accomplishments post high school was, I would say, walking across the stage getting it, but it wasn't because of COVID. But seeing my name on this national teleprompter saying that I received this highest degree in the FFA organization and just having that five seconds of like, oh my gosh, recognition. I did it. Yeah. Well, and that's something of like a goal for a lot of FFA members to achieve. I decided not to try and get my American degree because my, in order to get this degree, you have to do a SAE, which supervised agricultural experience. Yeah. Which is basically like your own little business adventure if you will that you have to keep track of of all the finances everything that you do and everything like that and unfortunately it was mine was just a mess because I didn't know how to do it um it was good enough to get a chapter degree obviously or a state degree obviously but it was still difficult for me to go back after high school and be like I don't know how to fix this mess basically so I didn't think for me to do it I didn't think I could do it. I kind of regret not doing it because, again, it's such a big achievement. Mm-hmm. And when you put your work in to get that, again, it's just a really amazing goal to, to earn that degree. And you can always say, like, hey, I have my American degree. Yeah. And it's especially for a lot of advisors. A lot of advisors end up getting their American degree. See, my participation in FFA was not goal-oriented. <laughs> <laughs> um I didn't have an SAE. I didn't get any degrees. I just liked participating because I liked the group of people and I also liked the different events that we did. I always learned something and I just thought participating in whatever was fun. So that's kind of why I participated. I wasn't necessarily dedicated (laughs) like you guys, but I still had a lot of fun and I still learned a lot even though I wasn't super involved. I still went to meetings and participated in competitions and went to a couple conferences and got a lot out of it. Like, don't get us wrong. Like, Agnes and I are very highly into FFA and our involvement in high school and post-high school. But it is okay for these uh, students to come into FFA and be like, I don't know what I want to do. I just want to go and see what this organization has to offer. And like, as you said just, you know, ride out the train throughout high school and not, you know, get too invested in it. So I think that's fine also. Like, it's not all, like, ride or die, you know? Well, and I would even say, like, if you're interested in any agricultural field, even if it's, you know, not even directly related to agriculture, FFA is such a great organization to be in because you get to go to all of these conferences. Like, you don't have to get your chapter degree. You don't have to get a green hand degree. You can just be in it for a learning experience because that's what FFA is about. It's about learning about agriculture, learning how to talk agriculture because especially in like our environments in the Midwest, everything is agricultural based almost. You can't go anywhere without being like, oh, hey, there's Farmer Bob, you know? And knowing their backgrounds is very helpful when it comes to like buying food or um, even just having a conversation with them because now you have a familiar setting, I guess. You can start with FFA. 
Like, oh, hey, you were an FFA? Cool, sweet. Like, I was too. Not only that, but also, like you guys are talking about, it teaches you how to keep records, how to make sure finances are in order, how to kind of organize the business side of things on top of the other side of things, which is really important. Well, and a lot of times, like, especially as a, an officer or even a member, you do a lot of community outreach. Like, you have a lot of time spent um, just even at competitions. You're having to make connections with other people, other chapters, and it's such a great experience. Um, I know, like, if you're not interested in agriculture, there's FBLA, which is uh, Future Business Leaders, right? Yeah, Future Business Leaders of America. Like, that's another great organization that you could be in if you're maybe not interested in agriculture, but they do a the lot business. Of, yeah, they do a lot of business. They do a lot of speaking competitions. They have... Well, they even have, like, they even have, like, you know, speech and... Um, public relations and everything like that. Yeah, that's that's where I was going to that. They do a lot of community service as well. So FBLA in high school, we did like highway cleanups and stuff. So FBLA and FFA both really push um, the community service side of those programs as well. Well, and even if you want to join it to have fun, like do it. It's yeah. especially when you're like, it's, it's so fun because you have this huge group of people and you're just walking around in your blue coat and you're like, hey, you know, it's it's pretty fun. I loved when we were at like state and national conventions. The just the sea of blue. Yeah. And just having wherever you look, just the blue corridor everywhere. Like yeah. if you're lost, <laughs> just follow the blue jacket. <laughs> yeah, follow the blue waves. Um FFA to me is like a small family. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just these random people in your high school that you may or may not have known, depending on the size of your high school, but a small family that you were a part of. And, like, I don't know. Was that the same for you guys? It was for me, just because it's, like you said, like, walking into the Pinnacle Bank Arena and just seeing the seats filled with people in blue corduroy, and you're all there for a similar purpose. You're all there because whether or not you're involved in agriculture, you're there because of agriculture. It's really weird to think that we were probably in PBA at the same time at some point and we just That's didn't know. So <laughs> or even just like walking around, like going to all the, like at State FFA, they would have like different colleges and different, you know, job opportunities or people talking about their jobs. And just walking around on that floor and we could have passed each other. We probably passed each other in the hay market. Probably everybody was there at some point or walked past it at some point. When it's state convention and you want to go down to the hay market, it is physically impossible <laughs> because the entire state of Nebraska is there. Like, I know we took as many from our chapter there as we could. We filled up the entire bus, even some vans, too, and took everyone See, we didn't have to take a bus. We just took vans because we could go home at night because we were like 20 minutes okay. away. You know what, Some of us can't drive three hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, we would spend uh, the whole week, rent out hotel rooms and walk down to, uh, you know, campus or to Pinnacle, depending, you know, where our competitions were that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just looking back and looking at those experiences, it's just, uh, it's amazing to think that you were part of such a huge, I don't know, family atmosphere like that. Yeah. Or amazing organization. 
I know through FFA, I did like livestock judging, meats, land judging, uh, um, what is it? Um, showed off something. Oh, I got uh, nothing. demonstration. Ag demo. Oh, ag demo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, ag demo with my one of my sisters. Uh, and that's all I can think of. Off the top I of my did head. an ag demo, and it was about ticks. It was about like removing ticks, <laughs> and so I brought my stuffed animal dog, and that was my basically my contribution to the group. <laughs> <laughs> and I made a tick out of like a piece of tape and like sharpied it. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing. The competitions that you do really help you with your future like because even um like i did um the vet oh veterinary something veterinary sciences i think yeah yeah but that's like i learned through that i'm like well maybe i don't want to be a veterinarian doing all these surgeries maybe i just want to be a vet assistant or just in with end up with an agri or animal science degree you know, yeah. it helps you explore different careers without having to commit to a career it, it was, or even just learning about that career in general. Yeah. Like I didn't want to go into uh, public speaking, but I know I did several, not necessarily competed, but throughout the organization, I gave speeches about it, different it topics. really helps with your people skills. Yeah. If you don't have people skills, you're not going to get very far. And <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but FFA has really helped so many young kids believe that what they said or what they say matters, and then that boosts their confidence and turns them into this great person that they are now. And a lot of people around my hometown, I know, have contributed FFA to what built them to be the strong communicator that they are now. I learned my communication skills through speech, not FFA, but also when I started speech, I would like look at the ground and shuffle my feet. And then by the time I was done, like obviously I'm looking you guys in the eye right now, I can give speeches to huge places and not really be phased because I'm just so used to it at this point because I did speech, obviously, but I also did that same stuff and applied the same skills in the FFA speaking competitions that I did. And it, you know what I mean? It just helped me mm -hmm. be more successful. Well, and I was in uh, speech also, but like through FFA, I didn't do like public speaking. I did like parliamentary procedure, which you're still having to stand up in front of people performing an entire act, basically. But like through speech, like, yeah, I learned how to be more confident in what I'm saying, I guess. Obviously, you know, it it depends on the topic, like I was most comfortable doing informative speaking where I did a lot of agriculture talking, which I could have done in FFA, but I didn't connect the dots there for some reason. <laughs> but um, just learning how to be able to talk in front of even just a small group is really important because especially like if you go to college, you're going to have to take a speech class. You're going to have to do group presentations and individual presentations and teach classes. And that's a big part of the curriculum in college. And I still get nervous talking in front of groups. My <laughs> philosophy in talking is someone in this room is going to be worse than me. And I know that's kind of horrible, but that's how I feel about it. And it just boosts my but, ego a little bit and makes but if me more that's confident. What, if that makes you more confident, then why not? Because you're not actually pointing someone out and being like, oh, they're going to be definitely worse than me. You're just thinking, okay, I know that someone has to be worse than me because I know I'm not that bad of a speaker. If that's what gets you through it, that's what gets you through it. For me, I had a 
during speech, like, you could only use note cards for, like, you know, first two meets, and then after that, it was, like, not acceptable, <laughs> especially if you had a certain speech coach. Yeah, you'd get DQ'd. You'd get DQ'd, or you'd get points taken off, and it helped, like, I would have it memorized, but I would have to have it just as, like, it's a... It's like a comfort object, almost. Yeah. Because you like, can grip it and yeah. hold on to it. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> you don't, like, when you get used to it, it's just there to give your hand something to do because you have that speech memorized. I know you do. Yeah. You just need to get rid of it. Yeah. And now as a, you know, person in college, I can walk up to the front of the room and I might still need that piece of paper, but at least I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, your confidence comes from your knowledge base. The more you know, the more you're comfortable with presenting these ideas. Well, and I would say FFA is a great networking opportunity too. Yeah. Because I've met... Uh, quite a few people through FFA, even if it's, you know, a state FFA person who probably would never remember me because they meet, you know, thousands of people. But when I go and look through, you know, future conferences or whatever, like um, Whitney and I just attended a woman in ag conference that UNL presented and I recognized the name because I'm like, she used to be an FFA uh, state Nebraska officer. And I was like, Maybe I'd be interested in that because I know her. I know her background or at least, you know, a little bit of it. I know national uh, FFA was always a big adjustment from coming from this teeny tiny <laughs> community. Definitely. And being surrounded by the 50 states and territories and such. And like everyone we met that wasn't from Nebraska or like, you know, the surrounding states and all was like, you have an accent. I'm like... Wait, what? No, I don't have an accent. You have an accent. Yeah. And then they'd be, like, picking out, like, key phrases that I would say and be, like, trying to mimic me. And, like, (laughs) it's like, that's not what I sound like, do I? Yeah, again, going back to the different culture classes, it's fun to see how other people view you. Because if you're just with the same people all the time, you're going to get stuck. But when you have other people to say, hey, what you do is different, and this is how I do it differently, that's a good opportunity to learn and grow from other people's experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially, like, at Nationals, they had that big room with, like, all of the businesses from, like, around the (laughs) U.S., you know? And you'd be like, oh, they have that here? Huh. Cool. Yeah, big, big business expo. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and it was just fun to see all of these, you know, national brands and like you know some of the uh, local brands where wherever nationals is being held, whether it be Louisville or Indianapolis, and just seeing how and of an impact these businesses have had through their connection through FFA. Yeah. Well, even just seeing those businesses and being like, oh, hey, they support FFA. I didn't know that. I'm going to shop there more often, or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that goes back to the community support and, again, gives students the opportunity to network while supporting their community and learning about businesses while businesses can support them. So it's kind of a it's kind of a system where everyone leans on each other. And I think that's one of the best things about FFA. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Ag Knowledge. This podcast was created by Agnes Kurtzels, Claire Horning, and Whitney Winter as part of Radio Production Workshop at Wayne State College. Tune in on Thursdays at 6 p.m. for more Ag Knowledge. Listen to KWSC 919 The Cat 
on thecat.wsc.edu. Previous episodes can be found on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. New episodes are released on Fridays to these and other platforms. Music is solo acoustic guitar by Jason Shaw, found on freemusicarchive.org. The song was edited for the use of this podcast.